So yeah, I think we still uh, looking for a balance to combine allopathic and naturopathic medicine to work together. It's not like, oh my God, pharmaceutical companies is help. Like, no way we're doing this. No, they're still quite useful. And there is a lot, there is a lot of benefits coming, uh, coming from uh, pharmaceutical companies. But uh, we are overwhelming with all these treatments. Oh, just take this pill for the headache, for your stomach and all this. Hi everyone, I'm Elle Daniel, yoga teacher, coach, writer, and now host of this podcast, Well Actually. In this podcast, we will explore well-being practices and self-care that actually work, getting into the nitty-gritty and sometimes uncomfortable aspects of what's really needed to live a life truly well. Join me and my expert guests in honest conversations about how to take ownership of your physical, mental and emotional health, cutting through the fluff so that you can make this year your best yet. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to Well Action. Welcome back to a new week of Well Actually. This week I'm speaking with Anna Shelamentseva. Anna is a naturopathic health coach with a medical background who has specialised in epidemiology and microbiology. She has a unique perspective on health because she began firmly in the world of what we know as allopathic medicine, i.e. the curative approach as opposed to the preventative approach. It took her a career in pharmaceuticals to crave a more holistic and preventative method for helping people heal, while still being armed with the important knowledge the allopathic side of things brings. In this conversation, we talk about the value of both approaches and how they can complement one another. We also discuss the importance of empowering the individual to take ownership of their health and see it through a holistic lens and not just a symptomatic one. I think this is a really important conversation after what was a very divided and divisive time during the COVID pandemic. And it's a great reminder of just how important it is to be informed with good knowledge backed by thorough research. Please share this episode and give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening. And be sure to follow so that you never miss an episode. The music is by Polena. Now, let's hear it from Anna. All right. Welcome, Anna, to the podcast. Thank you for being a guest. Um, Hello. Hi, Anna. I would love to know, are you well, actually? The honest answer will be, I'm on my way. Because uh, for me, uh, being well is not a consistent, uh, something consistent. Uh, It's like, you know, uh, you can't be, in my opinion, happy all the time. You can catch the condition of happiness, for example. And after you're moving on, you have some other other adventures or something like this. And after you're again happy, you know what I mean? So uh, same with wellness, I think. Uh, So for now, I'm well, but I'm still on my way because I'm still discovering a lot of things about being well for me. I love that answer. That's so honest and great. 
Um, and how do you, in, in maybe just a few sentences or a sentence or two, how do you define wellness when you feel it? So first of all, it will be physical well-being, right? So when I sleep well, when I nourish myself, when I have a lot of movement during the day, but it's also my mental health as well. And in the past few years, it was like a challenge for me uh, to maintain the mental health mental health balance because uh, actually it's quite good we are now allowed to speak more about mental health because I remember my time in the medical university when it was like, you know, if you're doing some therapy, you're a strange person, why are you doing this? I'm having problems. So now... Finally, we have started to talk more about mental health. And for me, it's also how I'm feeling during the day. Um, am I feeling anxiety or I'm quite confident about what I'm doing? Um, so it's a lot of factors. So it's not about, uh, about only physical well-being. It's also mental health. Great. Yeah, I agree. It's it's all it's the whole whole picture. And can you tell us a little bit because you've had quite a fascinating journey um through your own i guess what you studied what you've practiced could you tell us about your journey to your current uh, how you practice as a, as a as a coach and you know obviously you have a million other qualifications as well so i would love it if you could just tell us a little bit about your journey so far so first of all i uh studied at medical university for six years and after I did an epidemiology course, it's my, it was my seven year, seventh year of my education. So I was qualified as an epidemiologist uh, from medical university. Can you tell us what an epidemiologist is, please? Uh, so it, uh, it should be quite popular, um, uh, you know, a position now, because usually it's about uh, discovering and doing researchers about viruses and uh, bacteria and all of this, you know, kind of developing some new diseases, uh, infection disease, uh, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and epidemiology is also about why we have um, this type of uh, pathology or why we have this type of bacteria growing up in our society. So it's like, generally speaking, a lot of of uh, the science about of why this disease is developing or this some kind of condition developing. But uh, to be good uh, in epidemiology, you need to study a lot microbiology. Mm -hmm. So in my university study, I did a lot of like microbiology studies as well. So that's why I was uh, not from the beginning, <laughs> but I was uh, quite... Um, it was quite fascinating topic for me. Uh, gut health and all about this, our bacteria living inside us. Wow, what, what a fascinating thing. Uh, so, yeah, and I was quite familiar because of, of my education, because of my background with this topic. And now it's like um, the part of the science which is rapidly developing, right? And everybody is talking about gut health. And I'm like, oh, I already knew a lot about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't always like this because after I did some years after uh, in my practice, uh, after my university, I went to the pharmaceutical company. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have a lot of illusions about this um, in this industry because for me, I was like, you know, probably it was like not a child thing um, type of thinking, but I was like uh, so excited. So, oh, I will educate doctors how to actually treat people with these new amazing pills, and I was actually promoting antibiotics, which is. Oh my God, I really regretted it, it now. But uh, I'm also very grateful for this part of my journey because um, I learned a lot about, for example, how their uh, actual allopathic medicine works nowadays and uh, how to do a good sales, which is a good uh, skill as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was a big, uh, you know... Mm, I was so disappointed because uh, I met a lot of doctors who didn't care about actually treating their patients and they didn't care about their actual recovery, but they were quite interested uh, in how to earn more money from this patient. Mm. And during uh, my years in the pharmaceutical company, uh, I was like, oh my God, what a are doing here because it didn't suit well my actual goals because I was really excited to study at the medical university. I was really all about helping people and I was like, yeah. And I was really um, talking about my whole journey. I was really into preventative medicine yeah. uh, all this time. I don't know why, probably it's something from my genes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's really, it was coming like, it's better to prevent than to cure. Uh, we need to prevent this, this, this. And after you can feel better. And speaking of pharmaceutical company, it wasn't about actually this. Mm-hmm. It was about something else. And I was asking myself, uh, where should I move on? Uh, what will be my next step? Because I'm not happy. I'm not well uh, at this moment because I'm not satisfied of what I'm doing. I was earning a good money. I had a good insurance. I had a pretty nice car. It's all like benefits from pharmaceutical companies, right? Uh, but yeah, I think I did quite a, for me, brave step. Mm. Uh, and um, I was thinking about uh, doing my own practice. And um, I returned to my studies about microbiology, about nutrition, because we did study nutrition at the medical university because I was on the faculty of preventative medicine. So nutrition was a part of my study. And yeah, and I was like actually quite happy because I realized that now uh, helping my clients, I can see their well-being improved and I can see my impact. Mm. So I was like, wow, now I am really helpful. It was my point uh, through all these years. It's not about, yeah, there is still uh, a lot of doctors who care about their patients, right? But I was quite disappointed of what type of work I was doing and what type of cases I used to see. And it turned out I'm more helpful and useful for helping people like uh, during more naturopathic approach without pills. Because the thing is, in the medical university, you usually study how to treat a symptom, not the root of the problem. Yeah. And it's like a problem, not a 
probably a problem of our like uh, educational system uh, in medical uh, universities because we are looking not um, like we are not looking at the whole person. We're just starving to treat this one symptom and be done for the day so we can move on and see next patient. So you don't have time while you're doing your doctor's practice usually to care about this person's well-being. You usually, oh my God, should I do uh, this or should I give some uh, more pills so this person will be happy and uh, I, I can move on. So that's what all it's about. And I guess also when you, I mean, one of the risks of treating people in that way, just looking at their symptom, sending them away, they might then, if there's, if you're suppressing a bigger, a bigger problem, yeah, then that same patient will come back to you and you'll have to do something else with them. Did you find- dive in, dive in yeah. <laughs> with the same person? Yeah. yeah. Is that common? Would you say people coming back with, you know, a different expression of the same, let's call it pathology? Yeah, yeah, it's quite common a common issue, uh, I would say. And uh, but another part of the story or angle of the story is that usually patients uh, really want some magic pill, yeah. and they don't want to have some responsibility for their own uh, well being. It's like, oh, doc, just give me a pill and I will move on, uh, and. When uh, you are trying to educate the person, when you're trying, instead of just uh, giving some recommendations, uh, you're trying to give more tools, more educational stories, why you need to drink plenty of water or why you need to do exercise during the day. Uh, Because without uh, educational basis, it's nothing. It's just worse for the people. Mm -hmm. So that's very hard to uh to tell it's only doctor's uh, responsibility to take care no the patient should listen mm-hmm. and the patient should be the first person who cares about their own well-being mm. i see it that way yeah and having seen kind of both sides of it um would you are you for do you believe that you know it there can be a balance so for example someone can short, you know, surely take the medication they need, but make sure that they're fully taking care of themselves in a holistic way. Do you think it's possible that people, there are some people who will need both, for example, at the same time? Sure, yeah. I think uh, the point is to start before the real condition will develop. Yes. So that's why it's really important to have regular checkups, to look after yourself, to listen to your body. Because usually when I'm asking my clients uh, during our first initial consultation, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually struggle to answer because we're not like listening to, mm, I don't know, how should I feel? So yeah. That's interesting. That's so and a lot of people a lot of people answering busy. I'm feeling busy. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it's not exactly the condition, right? So yeah, I think we're still uh looking for a balance to combine allopathic and naturopathic medicine to work together. It's not like oh my god, pharmaceutical companies 
is hell. Like, no way we're doing this. No, they're still quite useful and there is a lot there is a lot of benefits coming uh, coming from uh, pharmaceutical companies but uh, we are overwhelming with all these treatments or just take this pill for the headache for your stomach and all this no okay we should treat this condition now we can help you with a pillow mm. uh, with a pill sorry probably with a pillow but <laughs> after <laughs> Uh, because good sleep, sleep is a very important, right? Uh, so, but after we need to see the root of the problem, from where this pain is coming from, right? Uh, what we should do about our whole lifestyle to treat this condition. It's not about only pills. It's like sleep, eat, move, mental health again. That's how I see it. What are people, when you give people nutritional advice when you coach them with their health, what would you say is the thing people are most resistant to? Is it healthier food? Is it more sleep? Is it water? Is it maybe like cutting down on alcohol? Is there one thing people really resist that you find in your experience? Consistency. (laughs) That's yeah, that's it, isn't it? Because usually everyone is ready for this magic Monday to come. <laughs> Monday, <laughs> which Monday, Monday. will change everything. And usually people uh, give up during one week, one month, depends on the person. And that's why um, I believe, I truly believe, almost everyone needs a health coach. Mm. Uh, because person needs another person and we all need support so i like uh, giving the example when you're posting something on instagram and you are waiting for the likes and comments and there is nothing and you're like "Mm, i shouldn't do it anymore there is no uh, feedback right but if you posted something and you received a lot of likes and comments and everyone asking you questions. Wow, where have you been? How did you do it? You're like, oh my God, <laughs> people are really interested. And you you want to post more. You need to, uh, you, you want to um, give uh, some more content or to share more information. So it's the same about health, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to get along with this journey if you are like alone, mm. if, but if, if you have somebody, it's not uh, always a health coach, right? If you have some friend, but if you have someone who gives you feedback, who is supporting you, you're like, keep doing it. Yeah, you're doing great. Or they're asking you questions, why, why it's hard for you or uh, what do you want to change? So it's like a conversation. Mm-hmm. We're all, it's not about... And another um, thing I want to mention that a lot of people uh, trying to achieve their uh, their goals, but these goals, it's not exactly their goals. They just copy something, like, you know, copy past something from the influence room on Instagram or, oh, my neighbor did it and it worked out well, so I should follow. My only question is why? Did you really ask yourself why you need to do this? So, yeah. 
Mm, that's such a good point. I think so often, especially with social media, you know, you, it's easy to compare and see what other people are doing and it looks really great from their perspective. So you think, okay, well, that I'm going to be the same. So I can imagine that you need to have that clear why for your own incentive. Do you, do you have a health coach, Anna, or do you coach yourself? <laughs> uh, usually I coach myself, but uh, when I realized, um, I think it was, yeah, it was last year, uh, that I'm really struggling to get back into my training because I had a trauma with my leg uh, four or five years ago. And I didn't do like any sports uh, in two years. And I was dancing for for a long time in my like previous life. And I was doing a lot of movement. And after I stopped, for two years because it was like really painful and I was afraid that it will hurt my leg. Uh, and I was like, well, I'm not doing this because I don't know how to return to the gym. And that's why I found a coach uh, and I had my PT. I still have my PT and I'm going to the growth classes because yes, I know all about fitness, like uh, in my perspective, right? But I can't coach myself with weight. For me, I was a dancer my whole life. I don't know anything about weight. I was afraid of, of the weights, to be honest. And I'm like, really touching them? And I can, can work out. I'm like, yes. And I just uh, found out that this area of my life needed a coach. And yep. that's why I found it. So usually I can negotiate with myself my healthy eating. So... <laughs> that's good that's yeah. very disciplined and what um what would a like if you could just tell me what what are your sort of daily or regular non-negotiable things that you do to maintain or to 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 be in the way of wellness if you like mm, to put it simple uh i will tell four words uh nourish move and sleep nourishment oh, okay and probably make some laugh because for me it's like a uh, important part of the day to uh, to laugh to have something like funny to watch mm. some i don't know entertainment content so yeah being yeah, a good mood yeah and but mm, the main point here for me it's like if i'm not really uh, feeling quite well i will not push myself because probably like 10 years ago or even six years ago, I was really hard on myself. Oh no, you should do it. Uh, you must do it, whatever it takes, because it's your I don't know, responsibility or something like this. Uh, so I was really hard on myself. Mm -hmm. And even now in my therapy, with my therapist, I'm still discovering some issues, for example, about my eating behavior in the past, uh, which affected my well-being. So now I really have a real self-talk in the morning. <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> today? And after, I will follow. So if it's a Netflix type of day, it will be the Netflix type <laughs> of the day. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So yeah, I guess, it, yeah, that's so great what you say about the self-talk in the morning, just kind of setting yourself up for the day and managing your expectations based on how you're feeling. Yeah, and not to listen uh, for social media, you know, because if the first scene in my morning, and it happens uh, sometimes, will be my phone, 
it's very hard to have a real self-talk after because I'm like, uh, uh, this nice coffee or this nice gym or flowers. <laughs> and I can, you know, I can't feel what I really want to do because I, it's still like a lot of possibilities. And what do you think about, you know, as someone who's who's registered as a, you're a nutritionist as well as a health coach, aren't you? Uh, here I'm working as a health coach. Health coach. But yeah. you've had, but you, you're someone with, um, you're someone with many, many qualifications and yeah, yeah. many million hours of learning. How do you feel, you know, when you say, when you do log on to Instagram, for example, and you see people who have no training in that field, no kind of qualifications in that field, giving advice, sharing recipe, sharing diet plans. How, how do you feel about that? Um, quite angry. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you say it very sweetly, quite angry. <laughs> <laughs> but I do not follow these people. <laughs> yeah. So that's fine. Uh, but it's again about the responsibility from both sides from the person who shares uh, this kind of tool, right? Or some kind of advice. And the person who is taking or no taking the, this advice or this opportunity to follow. Mm. So uh, I love to say that we need to ask more questions. So, but usually people are sometimes shy or they're not feeling quite confident to ask, why you uh, give me these recommendations? And a lot of people uh, don't think that if somehow some tool worked for this person, it doesn't mean it will work, work well on you, right? Mm -hmm. But we usually, so it's awful that we compare uh, ourselves to, it's like, no, you need to achieve your health goals. You need to like put the rest of the world on silent mode and listen to yourself. Should I be tiny? Should I be skinny? Or oh, I am okay with my body and it's only social media putting a weight on my shoulders with all this like, oh no, I need to be tiny or I will die, I don't know, unhappy <laughs> or something like this. Mm -hmm. Should I eat these uh, green leaves in the morning or oh, I am okay without it? So it's like, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's all about responsibility. Yeah. Hello, I hope you are enjoying this episode. If you feel inspired by the conversation we're having to take your well-being journey that little bit further, you can now join Well Actually in Practice, a platform of hundreds of classes ranging from yoga and movement to breath work and guided meditations to coaching classes and journal prompts. You can even find philosophy talks on there. It's a real 360 for your well-being and I'm really proud to offer it to you for just £15 a month, which is actually less than the cost of a yoga class right now. And even better, you get to enjoy your first seven days completely free and it can be cancelled anytime. There's no strings attached. Head to the show notes for the sign-up link to start your free trial or head to www.yogiel.com forward slash well actually. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, no, that's a great, it's so true. I think people have to have to be empowered to, to choose who they want to take information from. Um, and earlier you mentioned with, when I was asking you about 
how you maintain health and you said you nourish yourself you're quite good at eating healthily i mean as it's you'll probably tell me everyone has a different thing but are there are there some things that people could implement right now in their diets that would improve say their gut health never mind weight never mind anything like that but are there like any foods that you could really recommend to improve the health of the gut so the key will be diversity of the food so usually it's not about uh, one broccoli each day or one radish or one carrot whatever it is uh, our gut uh, is so different so we have a lot of bacteria living inside our body and uh, to nourish them we need to bring to food uh, they can walk with right so uh, I like the idea uh, of uh, rainbow uh, during the week, but a lot of influencers now are saying like 30 vegetables uh, during the week. And I find it quite overwhelming. Should yeah. I count? Like, you know, 30 is like, oh my God, it's nearly my age. So <laughs> it's a lot. So, uh, I usually, I'm a, like, you know, old school and I put everything, for example, my health uh, eating plan um, on the paper. So I uh, usually try to tick out of my box how many vegetables or fruits I had during the week. So for another week, I will change to another uh, type of grocery. Uh, so if this week I'm buying carrots, broccoli and I don't know, turmeric. So next week I will follow. So it's not uh, overwhelming it's quite a game yeah uh, so it's not about oh no because uh the thing i always uh discussing with my clients they're struggling to move to the next step because they didn't do something in their past ideally like perfect mm -hmm. and they're like oh no i can't move on because i don't have all box Tick, uh, ticks in all boxes mm -hmm. uh, I should finish or should I start another uh, game from another Monday I'm like no just keep going mm -hmm. so uh, speaking about food it's diversity it's uh, vegetables fruits and bringing some fun in your diet it's not like uh, okay I will do uh, some kind of food I love but first of all I will represent to myself some new vegetable or some new herb or something like this make it easy make it easy well yeah exactly because people have got to be able, it's got to be sustainable for them yeah um, and how does as well as having a as you say like a good diverse diet how does stress play a role in the gut health or the lack of gut health it's killing it it's killing it <laughs> so <laughs> So someone could have like a really, you know, a good, varied diet, but be very high stress. They'd still experience gut issues. Yeah, sure. Uh, especially IBS uh, will be quite common issue. And uh, it's funny, but it's not funny. But in some cases, funny is that uh, it's hard for a lot of people to believe that stress can be a main issue of their um, issues. Yeah. So, uh, so they're like, everyone is stressed. And my next question, uh, usually, who is everyone? <laughs> why are we speaking about everyone? Uh, why is it okay to you to be stressed all the time? Oh, come on, everybody is in stress now. No. So 
uh, staying busy is very easy, but staying well rested, it's a challenge. Mm. It's very easy to keep busy during the day. Oh, I need to do this, this, this. But when you're asking people about, uh, do you know how to rest properly? And they're like, and I'm like, it's not Netflix. It's not about <laughs> uh, something uh, on your phone. What do you do for yourself to be well rested? And it's usually a silence. <laughs> <laughs> um, if someone, um, how does someone who can't get, say, the optimal amount of sleep a night, maybe like a new parent, for example. Yeah. What do they do? Do they do they take naps when they can? Or is it more a case sure. of meditating when they can? Does that have a similar effect to sleep if you can do a really deep meditation? Or what can be done for those of us who struggle with sleep? Uh, naps are great, honestly, but it really depends on what kind of lifestyle, lifestyle we, are, we are talking right because it's it's not for everyone during the day especially uh but uh make some time for yourself it's not um always a meditation but some walk probably uh i just read i think uh, last week a new research about how walking helps us to uh, benefit our brain's function uh to think more clearly so even like i think in the research it, it was like 20 minutes walking and it was like very beneficial for our brain activity so it's not about uh resting on the couch right it's probably so the proper rest for a lot of people is just changing the activity mm -hmm. it's not about like oh no i will lie down and just i don't know watch uh on the wall change the activity do something really new for you finding another way to the shop or probably go for a walk with a friend you didn't see for the past few years something like this so like it's like oh it's really new for me and because brain activity will change it will bring another portion of energy which is much needed in this case that's so great. And I guess, you know, even if even people who claim to be very, very busy, say you have, well, not everybody gets the whole lunch hour, but say that, you know, you that you spend the last 20 minutes of your lunchtime, whether you're leaving your office or, you know, people working from home, that 20 minute walk is going to benefit their brain function and also help them digest if they've just eaten. So it means. Yes, yes, definitely. And it will help to lower uh, blood sugar levels. But it's all about priority. If this person uh, really want to find the opportunity to help themselves, they will find it. I truly believe in it. <laughs> That's interesting. Do you think some people are a bit addicted to stress? Uh, yes, and they addicted to be a victim, a position of uh, be a victim. Because usually you can... Um, hear from some people that uh yeah it's a really good advice but and usually after but you see a lot of reasons which is not quite real reasons mm -hmm. they're just i don't know excuses for themselves uh, so um the key will be to be honest with yourself if you don't want we if you do not uh 
want to do something, be honest with yourself. Okay, it's just not for me. But again, because of social media, it really depends what type of community this person uh, uh, spending their days. So, mm. yeah. And I guess that's another role for a health coach then that they can, you know, be that loving guide into saying like, you know, just to like a little bit of a mirror to the person if they are making excuses that are keeping them stuck. But, you know, they've obviously come to you, the health coach, for a reason. They want to change. So you're just giving them that little gentle push in the right direction. And um, a good point here will be to know how we can change our behavior. So uh, it's a popular behavior changing model. And it's usually three things that need to come together. It's motivation, ability, and prompts. And the health coach can be really helpful uh, with prompts. So usually if, as you said now, uh, you already have a health coach, right? So you have motivation and ability to change something, but you need something to make it easy. That's the area where a health coach can come out and say, oh, I realize that in your lifestyle uh, will be very beneficial to do this, or uh, this um, type of workout will suit you for the best. So, yeah, it's all about prompts. Mm. So how do you find... And it's not only about health coaching. You can find prompts in some kind of uh, well-being community or if you have uh, some kind of a uh, coincidence that, for example, just uh, one day you forgot to drink your morning coffee and in the end of the day you realize that you was totally okay during the day and you felt more energized and you had a really great um, ability to do something. So thanks to this happy accident, you realize that, oh, probably I can cut off some somehow my caffeine days and I will feel, feel better. But it's again about listening to yourself. Mm. And when you've worked with someone for a long time and they've really started to benefit a lot from your coaching, do you find that people are surprised by how good they can feel? Totally. Totally. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, I should did it like 10 years ago. And I'm like, eh, I wasn't walking at this time. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's, it's very beneficial. And it's easier and easier and it becomes more easier uh, each day. So... Hmm. just keep going that's great advice yeah and do you tend to say if someone has um let's say a quite processed diet they're not sleeping great they're maybe drinking a lot of alcohol maybe they're smoking just all the things that are going to lead to health problems do you tend to go through the route of removing things or do you get them to add things to the point where they actually end up removing the bad things both ways uh first of all uh we will need to prioritize what will be the first move so you can't remove everything and you can't bring a lot of changes so for example you will find in my practice i will do like this uh focus of this month Mm -hmm. and okay and after this month uh as a follow-up consultation we will discuss was it good uh what was hard 
Should we adopt a health improvement plan? And what will be the next step? So it's not about new life just from the beginning. No, because usually I have a lot of clients like they're in their 40s or 30s, whatever, but they had life before, like a long way, uh, way of life. So it's hard to remove everything. Oh, no, you did everything wrong. Oh, it doesn't work like this. Mm. Yeah, and it's quite like, I think it calls art of the small steps mm. when you're taken. And it's really a great book I just finished to read. Uh, just One Thing mm-hmm. by Dr. Mick- Michael Monsley. Oh, so it's a lot of one things. And he explains with like a, like the way with a uh, scientific research, with education, uh, why this one thing can be beneficial. So you can pick up from this book a lot of things that you want to bring in your life, but step by step. Yeah. Good. Ah, that's very good. simple. I'm going to put that. That sounds great. I'm going to pop that when I make the show notes for this episode. I'm going to. Oh, great. Gonna put, and Anna, do you coach one on one or do you do group coaching ever? Do you hold events that I can share? Uh, I am doing only one to one because I truly believe in personalized approach. But I can sometimes I do uh, corporate events. So if some company want to educate uh, their employees about well-being, I can do like a webinar or can come to the office. But after, if someone is interested to work with me, it will be one-to-one. Because I don't like this uh, group challenge activity because everyone, again, I hate the um, thing when people are comparing Quite, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, I guess the group thing can work in some situations, but not when it's so individual. Yeah, the health shouldn't be competitive. So it's like mm. not the same. That's such a good, the health should not be competitive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I always like to just going slightly, slightly off pace here. Um, is there anything you do for your well-being that isn't necessarily like an obvious thing? Just something that's a bit fun and joyful that you would love to share with people? I don't know, like could be like singing, dancing, anything like that. Uh, I just returned to my dance classes in a previous uh, few months, yeah, because I was dancing a lot and it was like part of my uh, life for a long time. But again, because of my trauma, I didn't do it. But after I found a coach and I did strength training, <laughs> now I can return to my dance classes and it's still great for me. So, yeah, the thing is, it's... Um, Probably uh, everyone should try therapy <laughs> because usually, <laughs> and and the society the society will be much more happy when we will yeah. all doing our um, our way to our own well being, but not uh, because usually you can see if uh, uh, I'm doing therapy and I think with some poses like for twelve years now. Mm. Um, I did some like you know for one year I stopped but it's like a journey for me and you develop such a lot of things about yourself and it's so beneficial and it's quite important to know yourself first then after you can ask another people 
Mm-hmm. And I love to work with my clients who are in therapy as well because they're doing with me some more about uh, uh, things about um, their physical condition, right? But if they're doing some work in their mental health, yeah, probably it's a boring answer, but yeah, therapy is there. No, it's not boring <laughs> at all. I think it's a great answer. And um yeah, because we can look after our, our physical bodies, but you've got to look after after the mind as well. Sure. Well, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you, Anna. And um, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. I'm going to put, if it's okay with you, a link to your website in the show notes. I'm sure you're very, very busy and maybe on a wait list, but... <laughs> but, but I'm it. happy to help. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'll pop it in nonetheless. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening, everyone. That was the brilliant Anna Shelomenseva. I really enjoyed that conversation. I think it is just so important, at least I've always felt that it was important to have both the allopathic and the naturopathic, that true holistic approach to health. And I think Anna really embodies that. If you're curious to work with her more, she is offering her her coaching services via her website. You can sign up there. It's her surname, shellamentsaver.com, and I will add a link to that in the show notes. She is also a lecturer at the College of Naturopathic Medicine where I studied, so if that is a route you're thinking of going down, I cannot recommend her enough, particularly as, as a teacher. That's all for this week. As ever, please don't forget to share this episode with your friends, with your family, with anyone who might be interested or who you think it might help. Please give us a rating, give us a review wherever you're listening. See you next Thursday.